Our education system isn't preparing students for the demands of the gig economy. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. The army of freelancers, what we've come to call gig workers, is growing exponentially. And it's not just being driven by high-profile ventures like Uber and Airbnb. You could make the argument that gig workers have long been a major part of the economy, but their numbers are swelling thanks to the desire of many companies for more flexibility within their workforces. Whether that trend is good or bad is an argument for another day, but what's undeniable is the need for schools to get students ready for this type of work. And they're not stepping up, according to my guest today, author and business consultant Marion McGovern. We're going to talk about how education should be preparing students to thrive in the new world of work and what's missing from current curriculums. We'll review the progress of business education in college, high school, and elementary school. And we'll discuss the kinds of training that business should be offering to support the gig workers on whom it's increasingly coming to rely. So here is my conversation with Marion McGovern. Marion McGovern, welcome to the program. My pleasure. We're going to be talking about the consequences of the gig economy today from the standpoint of education. I want to ask you how you feel today's career education system matches up with the needs of today's gig economy. You know, I think there are a lot of opportunities for improvement, shall we say. To be a player in the gig economy where you're making this by choice, so this is not incremental, I, I want to earn some extra money for uh, a vacation, so I'll do some task rapid things for a couple of days. But if you have really made this as a career choice that you're going to be an independent worker, you need to have the ability to run your business. And I think there is a failure in the many educational systems in America to provide that basic facility to hopefully high school students. In fact, there was a study done called the Solo City Project in 2016 where they made the recommendation that entrepreneurial skills and that ability to understand how to run the basics of a business should start to be taught in the fourth grade. I want to talk to you about all the different levels of education, what needs to be done, and I want to get to that in a moment. But in a larger sense, just what are those new skills that are going to be needed of a gig worker that wasn't necessarily needed of a traditional full-timer? Part of it depends on where you're plugging into this world. So again, if you are in the I'm creating Marion McGovern Consulting Inc. or Marion McGovern Associates, whatever, I'm creating my own company, I have a need to be running that company profitably. I have to understand my costs, my revenue stream, my sense of how do I work with customers, etc. If I am a new worker starting out and maybe I'm going to work in the on-demand economy, I am going to be an Uber driver, a cash driver person, and I will be doing this for the foreseeable future, and perhaps I never had a job before. I may have different skills that I need to develop. 
And interestingly, there's a program here in San Francisco called SAMA School, run by SAMA Source, which is a large nonprofit that is working on helping people rise out of poverty around the world. But SAMA School actually has a gig economy starter kit course, which is eight to ten modules. For example, they will include things like, how do you deliver good customer service? Again, if you've never had a job or if you've never had a serious job or a good boss who taught you things, what do you do if all of a sudden your customer starts treating you badly, arguing with you, etc.? If you aren't equipped with some skill set to deal with that problem, what do you do? So there are some basic things like that depending on, again, where you're starting in this career pyramid. Well, some of that is totally relevant just to the traditional freelancer and the traditional entrepreneur. Now, maybe you can help me out by helping to distinguish what is the difference between a standard or traditional entrepreneur slash freelancer versus what we today call a gig worker. Some might say it's semantics, quite frankly. I think anyone who works on a varied number of projects of uncertain duration for different clients is a gig worker. So they may call themselves a freelancer. They may call themselves a soloist. They may call themselves an independent consultant. To me, it's all gigs. I think there is a difference in, again, the distinction of whether this is a career choice, whether you are doing this as your primary means of income or whether it is augmentation. I'm driving for Uber for the next two or three weeks to be able to pay for a vacation. That incremental dimension, which quite frankly is a large part of the gig economy too, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are a large number of people who are doing gigs who also have regular jobs. But just to be clear, we're not really talking today about the entrepreneur, the person who goes off and starts a new company. That is not really a gig worker. That's a, that's a self-employed entrepreneurial type. Yeah, I consider them a gig worker. Oh, do you? Really? I, I do, right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I consider myself, for example, a gig worker. I consult to CEOs. I write books. I'm a paid member of corporate boards. So I have a lot of different gigs that I do. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's almost the mythology of this successful entrepreneur is that at some point they had to leave school. They had to drop out of college in order to do what they did. And, and the implication there is that college wasn't serving their needs, wasn't teaching them how to be an independent entrepreneurial person. So has that been a problem of longstanding? Potentially. I think it is a problem that is becoming more complicated because you, as you look at the future of work, and there's some dire forecasts out there, how do people prepare for jobs that in 10 years that don't exist right now? What are the skills you need to develop as, whether you're a gig worker, a freelancer or not, what are the skills you need to be developed to be prepared for that environment? And so part of that is being resilient and flexible. And that's very key to running your own business. That's very key to being a gig worker. You have to be able to pack and figure out that, oh, that's a good gig over there that I should take. And yet the levels of skill needed for different gig jobs are so varying. I mean, you want to drive for Uber or Lyft, your skill is driving a car and perhaps interpersonal relations as well a little bit. But that's not the same as taking on a more sophisticated freelance job that requires professional training. So I guess we are talking about a very broad universe of things that are all called gig and yet differ sharply. And that not that a challenge for the educational system to embrace all of those? Absolutely. In my book, I describe an expertise pyramid where at the bottom you have 
sort of the commodity level skills, not that driving is a commodity, but most people can do it. But the, you know, the delivery guys who deliver everything from your food order to your dry cleaning. But then you go up a level and there's a higher level of skill because you can get that on-demand handyman or electrician or whatever it is, that personal service provider where there's another level of skill involved. And then you go further up and it's the IT guys, the web developers, the creative people, the bloggers, the copywriters, and you get into a higher level of skill. So the, the higher you go, the more interaction the client probably wants with the individual. So I I don't really care who delivers my Chinese food, but I definitely want to have a conversation with the person that's going to work on my website. So there is a difference, but again, I would still characterize them all as gigs, but there is a difference relative to the educational infrastructure of what do I need to know to be that delivery person versus that independent software developer. Would it be fair to say that one aspect that unites all types of gig workers is the need for interpersonal skills? Absolutely. Do you agree with that? And if so, that's a soft skill. Quite frankly, a lot of it is a soft skill. There is an interesting quandary now between the two factors of DI, which is digital intelligence, and EI, emotional intelligence. At some level, you need a combination of both as the world becomes more digital. But we can't sacrifice the EI part of it. All right. I want to talk about the different educational levels. Let's start at the top of the educational pyramid. And tell me what you think that colleges and universities should be doing. How should they be pivoting right now in order to better adjust their programs to the needs of the future gig worker? Actually, just last week I met with the president of a university where we're talking about creating a curriculum on this very subject. And we were stuck with a... It's more than a course, but it's less than a whole program. So so what is it? Is it just for the person that wants to work as an independent worker? I feel very strongly that it's not only that. It's also for the person who's going to be working in a corporation somewhere that needs to understand how best to deploy that independent worker, how best to make that person part of their internal team and thereby get the best of the team from a high-performance standpoint because you need things like psychological security to ensure that you have a high-performance team and how do you do that with an outsider by definition. So there are different issues that face people relative to how do you harness this growing trend. So clearly, there are some models out there that are interesting. Babson College has in its MBA program an entrepreneurship course that is all about the gig economy. That I think may be the only one out there. I'm not sure. There is a college in Philadelphia, Becker College, that has reoriented its curriculum around the notion that before you even get to the basic business stuff, you need to have a new way of critical thinking and problem solving. You need to have this agile mindset, this ability to be resilient and really think about problems differently because, again, work is going to be different. And then they layer in sort of gig economy things after that. So there are some models out there that are happening. I know a community college out here in California just launched a gig economy course, but I I haven't been able to actually find out at whom it's targeted and what kind of content it is. And again, the SAMA school program, which is much more oriented at on-demand workers, has everything from how do you deal with customer service to how do you manage your finances and 
how do you deal with time management and things like that. Okay, let's take and go one level down. What do you want to see in high schools? I think in high schools, a basic level of how a business runs. Uh, Quite frankly, a lot of people don't even know how to balance a checkbook when they come out of high school. And you really need to. You need to understand the idea that things cost money. I remember, quite frankly, going in as bring your parents to school day kind of thing in my son's uh, kindergarten class back in the day. And it was too hard to explain what an entrepreneur was and running a business. So (laughs) I said I had them running a toy store. And I said, okay, the toys cost us five cents. Can we sell them for a dime? And all the little boys were saying, yes, yes, yes. It was a boy's school. And one little boy was shaking his head no. And I was like, Anthony, what's the deal? He goes, no, we need to sell them for more because we're not making enough money. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that kid has a real future as an entrepreneur. Okay. But in high school, you're, you're actually talking about a shortfall of any kind of business training, not just gig consciousness, right? Correct. I think from a gig consciousness standpoint, quite frankly, for years, I taught at the University of San Francisco an HR course to seniors. And I remember at one point, uh, there was a Wall Street Journal article about people playing video games at work. And I was asking them, is that all right? And they they all agreed it was. And finally, I said, I don't understand. Why do you say that? And they said, well, if we finished our work, we can absolutely play video games. And I said, you know, if you don't take anything else from this course, take this. The answer is no. If you finished your work, you go to your boss and say, what else do I do? That was my answer seven or eight years ago. My answer mm-hmm. today would be, if you finish your work, you look around and say, what else can be done? And you go to your boss and you say, this is what else can be done. What would you like me to do? And I think that that's an orientation that everyone should have coming out of high school. Is sort of how do you become a good employee, which quite frankly also translates to how do I become a good gig worker? The notion of finding the problems yourself, looking for opportunities of things that you can do to improve the environment, whether it's your employee's environment or your own. So there's just a different sort of taking of initiative. And again, for the gig worker, it's a personal initiative to how do I shape my business. It's that personal branding to what am I bringing to my client, which is lost, I think, in current curriculums. So what about elementary school? You mentioned as early as the fourth grade. What should they be doing down at that level? Well, you know, years ago, I, the Kauffman Center for Entrepreneurship in uh, St. Louis actually has a curriculum for entrepreneurship for elementary schools. And I looked at this years ago for my own kids' program, but it, I was kind of too late in the game for how they plan curriculums, I guess. But it was a fascinating program which integrated all aspects of having a business. It integrated into the math curriculum, into the English curriculum because we're writing about it. So there are ways to do these things at earlier grades. And again, it was the notion of you're creating a small business, whether it's a lemonade stand that the students sort of pick their own thing. It goes through modules throughout the course of the year, all of which can be part of math, science, and English for the three primary ones that they made sure to make use of. And then finally, I would think that business, because it is going to benefit so greatly from the gig economy, should also have to step forward and do something in order to better prepare the worker of the future for this type of existence. So what do you think the business world ought to be doing? Well, I think the business world has to focus a lot more on reskilling and training than they do now. And the challenge for a lot of organizations is being far more expansive in the training as they think about it because, quite frankly, 
they may want to be offering some of the trainings that they do to the gig workers that come into their environment. Because quite frankly, as this trend continues and using someone in the gig economy is the only way that you have access to a certain kind of expertise, you need to become the client of choice. And one of the ways you're going to become the client of choice is if you offer opportunities to the gig workers that work with you. So I think there has to be far more especially soft skills, as you point out, soft skills training. How do you get kind of training on leadership or supervision or things like that? Unless your company does it, you can try on Linda or Udemy or something like that. But there's nothing like being in an environment with people with whom you're working to absorb the same information. And I think having that no longer be just captive employees and thinking about contractors with with whom you work because the rewards will come back to you because the people will want to work with you as clients. I believe you have said that we should not rely on online courses as training for the gig economy. Why is that? Quite frankly, I'm sorry if that's the way it sounded. People need to continuously learn and there are multiple channels out there to do that. And doing it yourself may sometimes be your only option. And there are, there's wonderful content out there on all sorts of online platforms. The other aspect of that is a large corporation said that uh, your training is kind of in your own hands. So you figure out what you want to take. You tell your manager and you do it. But if you're not going to take your training in your own hands, we're not going to help you and you will not advance. So whether you're a gig worker or a regular employed worker, you have to be cognizant of what skills do I need to continually develop. I guess my own bias would be I would focus on the soft skills, the critical thinking skills, the mastering innovation skills, the communication skills, all those kind of things versus the functional stuff. But functional stuff is important too. Well, your book is called Thriving in the Gig Economy, How to Capitalize and Compete in the New World of Work. Marion McGovern, it was a pleasure speaking with you and hearing a little bit about how the educational system needs to change in order to accommodate the gig economy. Thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. That was my conversation with author and consultant Marion McGovern, talking about how our education system needs to evolve to meet the needs of the gig economy. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.